Well, good evening, everybody. Thanks for coming. How many people have never been here before? Have you seen the website or anything? Does that this slide? No? Alright, well, we'll have a little like glossary of terms then. Somebody told me I should define certain words I use quite a lot. So let's say there's one word I may use a lot, it's called selfing. Yeah? So for me, selfing is a mental process. Obviously, it's wrapped in language and you hear it. And in that selfing, the narrative of your day is inferring, or implying, assuming, pointing at that there's a noun or a subject, that you're the doer, that you're the haver, yes? You're the thinker, you're the feeler. That's the selfing. Now, people, when I say identification as self, people believe, or sometimes when I've gotten feedback, they think the verb is identification as, and then there's a noun called self, yeah? The way I'm saying it is identification as a self is a verb. There is no self. There's no noun to be identified with. There's just a verb, and the verb is identification as a self. That's what's happening all day. That's what the thought system supports, reinforces, uh, constructs, reconstructs all day. Yes? So there's the self thing. Then some people use words like consciousness and that. I use the word mind more, which is from the old Zen. I like the old Zen from the Chinese, which is called Chan. I like some of their old teachers that I used to read, and a, a guy specifically, a guy named Huang Po, and he uses the word mind. So when I say mind, some people would infer that to be consciousness. i do not really inferring that, because consciousness a lot of the times here is defined by what it's moving through. So there's bird consciousness, there's human consciousness, yes? There's animal consciousness, there's plant consciousness, and in a sense, the consciousness is somewhat defined by what it's moving through. When I talk about mind, it's more like I would say how some people talk about awareness. It's not defined by anything it's moving through. Yeah. So that thing now, what else did she tell me? <laughs> Somebody remind me to say all these things. I guess that's that. So, selfie. All right? So, the idea... I come from the program of recovery. Yeah. I've got 25 years sober from the disease of alcoholism, which is a mental disease that affects your perceptions and your thoughts. Yeah. And uh, I would see it like a parasite, basically, now. And most, some people talk about it like a possession. And I think everyone has, I would say, the original addiction and I'm just using the word original, there's nothing that's prior to anything else, but let's say the original addiction is the conditional mind's addicted to the idea of being a self, yeah? And its drug is the selfing. That's what's happening. And what occurs is that selfing can never fulfill the dream or the desire of the conditional mind to be a self. It can't happen, because you're already something, or actually no thing, other than that, yes? So you can't lose your inherent nature by identification as something else. So it can never actually be a self, so it has a desire to become and unbecome. Now the weird thing with the unbecoming is you already believe that you are something already, so the selfing has won, in a sense, already. Let's say it has you believing you're a loser, and now you're trying to unbecome that. You know, your head is trying to unbecome that or avoid people finding out and all like that. So the selfing is a desire to become and unbecome. 
Yeah, this is the conditional mind. The selfing is the is the mental process that reinforces that idea of being the self that is something it doesn't want to be or wants to be something that it, it, it hopes to be. Yeah, yeah, you see it. So when you recognize, so the selfing, when you're hearing it in an unconscious way, it's inferring or assumption implying it can never make the self, but the mind makes the leap. So it just infers that there's a self, and then your your what you call your mind or the mind there and the mind here makes the leap into the feeling of being a self, and that's that sense of self. When they talk about, they're not saying it's a thought of self; they say it's a sense of self. Yeah. So it's a thought feeling. It's like a thought wrapped with a feeling. Yeah? It's very convincing. So when there's an activity, when there's an action. The way the conditional mind sees it, and the only way it can logically make up what's happening is that there must be an actor. Yeah? So when you see something happened, it must have happened to someone, or someone did it. Yeah? This, is, this is the disease of it, and it creates a dis-ease. And in alcoholism, that disease is, is talked about as irritable restlessness and discontent. And for me, alcoholism is just an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness. That's all it is, yeah? It's like self-centeredness on steroids, yeah? Everything gets amped up. You're much more sensitive than most people. You take everything very, very personally. You've got an a egomaniacal idea, and yet you have an inferiority complex at the same time. It's very crazy stuff. And you want, you want relief badly. You're looking for relief. But you're looking for relief from the problem. Yeah, that's why it never succeeds. So when you receive a solution from the problem, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is the problem just keeps reinventing itself because then you go back to the problem for another solution and so on and so forth and every solution will be preceded or followed by a problem it's the dualistic expression here yeah? so let's say, let's say in this case like a, so from the solutions point of view the problem is truly imaginary this whole place is based on a word called seemingly. Yeah? It's appearing to be true or false to you. That's what it does. Look up the word in the dictionary. It's pretty interesting. It's a very simple statement. Seemingly means it's appearing true or false to you. So basically, you have a huge role here because there's nothing that has any inherent meaning here. It's just going to appear either true or false to you at any given moment. Something can be true, and then five minutes later, it can seem to be false. Yeah? So there's a course, in the Course in Miracles, they describe it in a way of, uh, it's called Lesson 2, if you know of the Course in Miracles, you ever hear of that? Yeah. Yeah. Lesson 2, it says, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Yeah. This is what's going on. So the mind is giving everything the meaning it has. So one day, something is a problem based on the condition of the mind that's seeing it. The next day, the mind's condition is better, so it just doesn't see it as a problem. And the next day, the mind's condition is bad, it's a problem again. What is it? Is it a problem or not a problem? It's neither. It's neither a problem nor not a problem. It's going to seem to be one or the other. Yeah? But it doesn't have any inherent existence. It doesn't have its own quality. Everything is proceeding from mind. Yeah, Mind's giving everything the meaning. And in the Course, they would say, in, from this point of view... I'm perceiving things as real. From mind point of view, mind's projecting, and then this apparatus perceives the projection of mind and takes the projections of mind to be real. Yeah? Once it takes the projections of mind to be real, the reality of those projections can affect you as this dreamt object. That's what happens here. 
So it says very clearly, you and I are dreaming this dream, we forgot that we're the dreamer, and we've given everything we've dreamt all the power to affect us. That's what's happening all day, if you look at it. So you get these little ideas, and if your mind hears them, and you entertain it, yeah, something may ring true, and what will occur is, if you see one example in one moment, in one day, that you gave something the meaning, guess what the mind can do with that? It can expand on that principle, and from, just like they used to say, you know, you see one drop of water and you've seen the whole ocean. Exactly. So the mind sees the principle and expands on it. So you save yourself a whole lot of freaking time. Instead of having seen 8,000 things after the fact, after you've given the, the meaning and then having the effect occur and having your reaction to the effect and then you wake up, it's like being in a hallway of shit and fans and by the time you wake up, the best you can do is wipe the shit off your face. Yeah? It'd be much better if you could see what turns the fan on, yeah, and what aligns the shit with the fan, and what keeps causing you to keep looking, what's going on? Yeah? It'd, be much, it'd be much clearer if you could get, let's say, before the curve, yeah? Like, leave the consequential level and move to the blueprint level. Because it's a lot easier to move out of a house that never gets built. <laughs> Once you're in the house, you're built, you got a, you're paying, you know, mortgage, it's very difficult to get out. But the solution is that the house never gets built. If you can see the blueprint room and see what's going on, you won't be at the effect of it. You'll have an immunity to it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the message. Good night. <laughs> yeah. How do you get to the blueprint? Then? What? <laughs> you don't get to the blueprint room. You're part of the blueprint, the idea of being you. That's the one thing. And what happens is that blueprint's set, and that house has already been built. And now you're going over the other blueprints, seeing what houses you don't want to be in. But you're the house already. Yeah? This idea with selfing, selfing produces a product. The product is a feeling of being a self. That's what it does. So here it is. So... And so people come to these talks and they hear this idea and they seem to get it. And then they call me up and they tell me, I've been selfing all day. Yeah? That's the product of selfing. The feeling of being the one who's doing the selfing. Or the selfing's driving me crazy. That's the product of the selfing. The you that's being driven crazy. Not the driving crazy. Because the driving crazy won't have much meaning unless there's a you that's being driven crazy. Yeah? So the you, the feeling that something's happening to me or I'm doing it, is the selfing. Yeah? That's a thought in and of itself has no power. It's the my of the thought. When it becomes, when it's identified with, and you take yourself to be the thinker, then there's like a giant, uh, you ever hear of the Akashic Records? I'm throwing a lot of things out. I'm not believing or not believing them. But the mind is like that. There's a lot of information that's, potentially available. Yeah? That's what happens with some people. They think they got over something, but then it reappears. Yeah? Because what isn't so, yeah, can actually, in a way, can ne never get truly rid of. It is appearing or disappearing. Yeah? If, if something was so, then you could extinguish it. But you can't extinguish an appearance. Yeah? It's, bad, it's based on the condition of the mind. If the mind is a certain condition, things are going to be appearing. That when it's in a different condition, they won't. Yeah. So, in this case, with the selfing, it's producing this effect like this. It's a verb. So, I'm worrying about next week. Yes? 
Da, 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 da. And then next week inherently isn't happening, is it? Next week is not happening, truly, is it? Then how can what's not what something that's not happening have an effect on you? How can it truly have an effect on you if it's not happening? We think about it. The, we don't. The mind thinks about it. And through that thought, it gives the meaning of that thought. It injects meaning into that thought about next week. And then you sense the fear of that thought of next week now. So it's like a true miracle worker. But at least like when Jesus supposedly raised like Lazarus from the dead, at least he was alive once. Our heads are making some